Hello and welcome to Tea with A and V, conversations with Alan and Beth Kerridge. You may know them as Mama and Papa. My name is Andrew and it is a pleasure to sit down with my mum and dad with a fresh cup of tea and occasionally a guest or two to give them an opportunity to inform you, encourage you, inspire you and help guide you and your generation. Well, welcome to episode two. This one is called Bullocks and Black Cats, and you're just going to have to wait and see why. But we continue the conversation. It's still raining in Kingscliff, so appreciate the serenity and sounds of this episode. Yeah, um, just going back to, to mine, um, we were always in a little church you know and there weren't many young people so the boys found it very hard you know like um and wall being wall made a lot of his friends you know like um so so they didn't sort of go on openly with um following the lord although i believe that um wall you know he used to lead people to the lord um even though he didn't sort of fellowship anywhere but, um, yeah, I always sort of wanted my kids to be in a church that, you know, that was really flourishing and was really good for the kids, you know, to be brought up with Christian friends and everything. But what you say, what made... I always wanted to be like my grandmother. Well, her example of Christianity was just... Um, Amazing! I can tell you a story because um, I was a bit of a, here. I was a bit of a larrikin, and um, when I used to go and I used to go over there once a week and stay with them because we would just live not far, you know, just hop, step, and jump. And um, well, I'd go because I was very close with because I was very close with Grandpa and Grandma, and um, I'd sleep in the same bed as her, and um, of course. Money was very scarce in those days, and um, and Grandpa always used to have the purse. Grandma, I think she must have been given just like a little, um, a few dot, a few what it was pounds, shillings, and pence then. Like I am today, just <laughs> given me a few dollars. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, I stole. I think it was. Four shillings, I think it was. Stole. For, for, from from her, from her purse, oh, and I'd put put it in my shoe, you know, like beside the bed, and um, and like she was so close to the Lord, you know, like she she would was always praying to the Lord, and and anyway, and in the morning she said, um, I've lost four shillings. You haven't seen it? No. Like I was a cheeky little thing, and um, Elizabeth. And anyway, I don't know whether it was the next day. She said, "You know, I found I found that money in your shoe." And she never accused me of anything. She just told me that she found it, you know, like and and just left it with me to work it out. I mean, I felt so guilty, you know, like when when. She found it, 
I'd lost the four shillings. <laughs> but also just the way she dealt with it, you know, like um, if she had a gone crook, it wouldn't have been nearly as effective, I don't think, as me. And she, and she was just beautiful, wasn't she? She'd get upset about something and she, you know, any, anything that wasn't fair or right, <laughs> she'd go to town on the table, wouldn't she? Like when you and Wal would pretend fighting on the floor, they'd get a broom and they'd be pretending that they were fighting, you know. No, and we didn't have the broom. She would get the brooms. She'd oh, get them to stop she, them from fighting. Then she would get the broom. <laughs> She'd come we'd, in all the lines and we'd go... get it on, like, while I'd put his arms or hands around my neck and I'd be going... <laughs> and she'd she get, couldn't hear. She was deaf as. We used to go... <laughs> if we wanted her attention and then we'd go and talk into her left ear. Yell into her left ear. So what was your relationship like with your mum and dad? Um, the boy, mum favoured the boys. <laughs> yeah, she really did. Um, no, they were good. That was good. Um, I always, and I don't know whether it was because, you know, like she, she had such a health, she got, I mean, she lived till 99, didn't she? So she came pretty good. But I always felt like I had to please her, you know, like I had to do things to please her. Um, but no, we had a great relationship. Yeah. What about you, you Dad? I mean, you, you explained, obviously, you, that tension with your, your father, I guess, but how would you summarise that relationship with your, with your mum and dad? And if that went on a journey, explain that, I guess. I loved, loved my parents. I really loved them. I mean... We went through a lot of hard times, but we, I really loved them. And um, Dad, on a lot of occasions, because of our Christian belief, he didn't go with it. And it came probably from a lot of, in his early years, in around Gympie, he saw things in the church that should have never ever been. And, um, and so he sort of turned his back and shut his back on that. But. There were times when he'd come home and he'd start picking on mum and I'd, I'd stand up for her. And, I mean, I was only 15, 16, 17, probably around that age, 16 at 17. And he would get me. Now, he was a big man and always a, a timber man, so he had very strong arms and muscles and everything else. He, I remember one occasion he had me down on the floor with his hands around my throat, choking me. And I knew if I had to do something to get out of this situation because it wasn't gonna be too long before I couldn't breathe. And so I knew only one thing. I said, in the name of Jesus, and I stood up from underneath him. And, and he sort of looked like this, but it was the power in the name of Jesus that enabled me to do that. On another occasion, we were going to the special meetings we had down the showgrounds, and he tried to bear the way and stop us from going. And he had a lump of 3B2 in his hand, that's three inches by 75 by 50 in his hand. And as we walked down the step, he got the 3B2 and smacked us across the back with it and broke. Didn't even feel 
then they'd feel a thing but it snapped in his hands and we just kept on going it down but who's we you and daryl or... no sorry i just kept on going down daryl wasn't there at that time but it got to that way i mean we moved we shifted five times in Gumeri, but then it got to that stage where i couldn't stop at home anymore so my sister and i got a flat just not far from where we lived and we moved in together and we stopped there and i no longer worked in the timber but i got other jobs that i needed to fill time and uh, while we were there we just recently we went up and i showed mum the this place where I was baptised in the Holy Spirit and also across the road from where we lived with mum and dad we had built a church, that first church from ground up so that was my first church that I had association with at all that we actually built since then there's been two other ones uh, at Garden, Garden City in Mount Cravat and also we're in the throes of building another one here at Kingscliff. Well, I will say that, you know, like it was a different family, your family to my family, but he was always loyal to his mum and dad. Like his mum and dad, his mum had, she had a lot of nervous breakdowns, so she was, you know, quite, well, because he never says a word about her. But I know, you know, and the others would, the other parts of the family would. Um, but it, that wouldn't have been easy either and at times she walked out. You had a wonderful sister in Joy who was like a mother to you, wasn't she? She was like a mother of the family. Yeah, well, she would have been 20 years older than you too, wouldn't she? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, more. Yeah. And you, you know what she was like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, she, yeah. Was, she was just... Well, like obviously I remember a lot she? more about her than I do, obviously, Grandma, because, I mean, because I, I, I don't remember a lot about Grandma. Mm. But Dad was never, he was always so loyal to his mum and dad. Mm. Um, but I think you learned a lot from mum and dad. Like I can remember when, because dad didn't really have an example of a father, I suppose. Um, I'm talking for you now. But I can remember when I used to take, no, I used to go down to mum and dad's before you children were born. And he'd say, why are you going down there? You know, like you married to me now, because by this stage we were living in Mount Gravatt. And I said, wait till you become a father, you will understand. You know, like I, I, I said, I love you, but I would not hurt my mum and dad. And look at the father he's become. Mm -hmm. You know, like he'd do anything for his kids and his grandkids. Mm. No, that's for sure. We, um, so we'll probably move. Is there anything else that you want to talk about in relation to your upbringing, your family and that before we kind of move, move a little bit later into life? Was there anything else you felt you needed to share or well, any other experiences? Well, on, on mum and dad, on dad's side, you know, like uh, mum came out from Scotland when she was five. Yeah. Um, with a sister who was 18 months older and a brother who died on the way out. Okay. He was, he had um, pneumonia, pneumonia I think, but they didn't know how to treat them as well then, so they had to bury him at sea. So they came out 
and the first place they came to in Brisbane was out, do you remember where Mr Reitzel used to live? He used to live just, you know, like going out to Burbank, like just up on the, on the top of the hill there. The um, you'd come over road. the bridge and up the hill yeah. where the school is here, yeah. and he lived there. Right. And that's where they came to. Oh, right. Pettigrews, they knew the Pettigrews then. Um, but Grandma and Grandpa, he was quite an adventure. This is Dad's mum and dad. Um, he, he, he owned a lot of it, um, the New Hebrides, which has been a... a Vanuatu now. He had islands and everything there. But when the... He was killed at Gallipoli. And there were seven kids in the family. He left Grandma with seven kids. Um, I think he put his his age down so he could go to war. Um, Dad was only seven when his dad was killed at Gallipoli. Um, Yeah, and she became quite entrepreneurial in the fact that she, because she had to look after all these kids, so she used to have these boarding houses. Then she owned Mornington, which was a beautiful big home up in Gregory Terrace, right opposite the museum there, just up from, the just up from the exhibition. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had that, she did that until she died. Um, yeah, and they never, they used to, Eddie, Ed, they used to call him Dad's name was Edward Joseph. Mum always called him Joseph and they always called him Eddie. <laughs> I don't know how that worked out. Do you got anything else from your early life or anything else you want to share? Any other bits of information? You could always obviously come back and elaborate on that at I any mean, time. You don't, don't want to bore you with details. Well, you're not boring. <laughs> That's why we're talking. No, well, it's just a matter of... Uh, I think it was the age of uh, 12 when we were in the Church of England. You couldn't you couldn't take communion until you were confirmed. So yeah. we had to use uh, learn all the catechism and all the different things like that. So at the age of um, the age of 12, I actually had my first communion service. I'm telling you this because. I believe God was speaking to me then in those days. Um, as I was having, the, as the minister gave us a communion cup, suddenly all the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and and I felt a real, real eerie feeling. And that was the age of 12. And the age of 16, I was baptised in the Holy Spirit. And when I was baptised in the Holy Spirit, that same experience happened to me. So I believe it was God even speaking to us then. Yeah, the Holy Spirit came upon you back back at that first moment there. And uh, so we're very, very thankful to God and the goodness that he's given to us. You you talked before, really, that you stuttered as as a child. That was something you dealt with for quite some time, or...? Well, not actually stuttered, it's just that there was a mental blank. Right, okay. Um, in trying, I did talk like that, but but the thing is that... And one of the biggest things later on in life, I used to get up at five o'clock in the morning when I was in Bible college and go down beside the river 
and I would read the scripture out across the water and that gave me confidence to really continue to uh, to be able to create my mind and bring my mind in the, in the subjection about those sort of things so mm. but you know life in general is really really exciting um, there's a lot of things that we we did and we've gone up to and so was it a big house that you lived in with a with the family of seven kids or were you all in well that was only they we, were all rented weren't they they were the all in one. brisbane uh in Gympie at that time but then when we moved to Amamore, um there was only the three of us judy, right. judy uh, daryl and myself <laughs> only the three of you and my brother my brother was married also but he had timber trucks and he used to haul the timber to the to the sawmills uh, for dad as well so mm. he was out there but he was living in another part I remember once when when we were there we had to vacate our tent because I don't know if you've ever heard of itchy grubs itchy the grubs yeah. that are sort of grubs about so long yeah and they got hairs on the back of them they invaded our camp and they're the, ones that, they're the ones that hurt you, like they're really sharp. Oh, they're, they're, they get stuck on the skin and you can't get them off. Well, they're itchy and you yeah. really you hit yeah. them. And so they're everywhere. They're sort of in line behind each other, marching along, you know. Yeah. And so we had to vacate. We went and stopped with Bob's house at Amamore, in Amamore. Well, Dad got rid of those and got the whole place treated. So we killed them all and got rid of them. But... Uh, but that was another another experience that we sort of... I remember once too, that on the way home, we had a... Um, we used to walk with another family from the forestry department. Just They lived just up around the corner. And on the way home, there was a boy who was in my class at school. He started giving, giving my sister lip. So as we're coming around this road, it used to be a bank and cusp on the edge of the road on the bank so I said now listen Georgie you stop that or I'm going to have to deal with you and he started keeping again so I gave him a push and over the side of the bank he went you know so then he had a sister who was a couple of years older than me and she saw that was going on and she got hold of me and pushed her over and my sister who was in her class got hold of her and pushed her over and then the older sister, we, this was happening on the way home, see, got hold of Judy and pushed her over the bank. And Daryl thought, this is ridiculous. So he pushed her over the bank and here he is standing up on top. That's my older brother. They're four years older than me. Standing up on top of the bank, looking down at it all up down on the ground. But then there was a bit of argument on that for the rest of the walk home, the other two miles, which was four kilometres, over four kilometres. But as we turned in, we used to go off the road, the road used to turn around sort of a corner and we, our gate was here. But our blue dog was always waiting for us at the gate. Every time we'd come home, Blue would be standing at the gate waiting for us to come home from school. Anyway, this one day we turned and Blue came out towards us and we went to, oh, Blue, and he went straight past us and we heard a, ah, 
the young fella had picked up this big stone and he was about to throw it at us. And Blue saw him and he gone, he grabbed him, grabbed him. And of course, the result of that was the parents came down at night time and went, went through us and Dad was there. And he said, what's going on? He said, your boy picked up a stone to throw at, my, at the back of my children and you have the audacity to stand here that say that our dog wasn't, that wasn't shouldn't be a, protecting us. And they and then realised the situation then. Don't know what happened to Georgie when he got home, but I think he would have got a hot flog. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that was a the situation there. It's just how marvellous. And people wonder why you, you love dogs, you know, it's just a very fact of... When we came down from Townsville, we um, lived with Grandpa and Grandma, and I remember Mum taking me to a window one day, and she said, see over there, because you could see there weren't that many houses then, because mm. it was always bush right around us. She said, we bought that land, so they bought the land in Basketball Street, and we're going to build a house there. So what they did, first of all, was put this, because it was after the war, and the army had all the, it was a big, great big army tent, and it had all the divisions of rooms and, you know, like it had probably like pallets now, you know, but it had this flooring. We lived there for two years. And then they built the house as they could afford it. I ne We never, I remember when we actually did move into the house, it was through studs, you know, like, and our house was never finished. That's one thing I always wanted when I had a family of my own, because I could never, I never felt, Maybe it was the pride thing with me, I don't know, but I never felt like I could invite my friends home or, you know, like it never had anything like that. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, so we lived just always in a house that was not finished. And Mum used to, we used, she used to send me across into the bush to get some gum leaves for flowers, you know. Mm. She'd try and make it as nice, not have to scrub the floor. And it was wooden floors and everything was very clean and everything um, but it was never finished <laughs> oh, so you kids had a finished house <laughs> that was nice yeah <laughs> so what were your favorite things to do in your in like just name something what was your favorite thing to do horses, horses? horses. riding horses. climbing yeah climbing trees climbing, trees. climbing the mango trees at the back because we, you could eat, you, you, you think now, you know, like these mango trees and Grandpa had one at the back of his place too. You probably, you remember that? Uh, anyway, you, you, you'd, you'd put, you'd um, all these mangoes everywhere and you'd put, go, lean over the sink and eat one mango after another and, you know, like just straight off the seed. And That's where I learned actually, we're sitting down watching television and you said, would you like a you like a, a something to chew? I said, oh yeah. So she goes away to the fridge and brings out this frozen mango. That's where I had it for the first time. So instead of chewing lollies or any chips or anything else, they used to eat this frozen mango while they were watching television. <laughs> when, I, when we first started going together, um, I was into these, uh, you know, like me, black cat probably weren't around then. I used to get these jars of pickled onions. <laughs> 
those big, big ones. Yeah, the big ones. And yeah. I used to sit down watching TV with a fork and eat one after. Well, you had a you had a few obsessions as a child. Though, didn't I did. You? So what were some of those? Um. Oh well, if I do anything, it's it was piano. Something. Like I we didn't have a piano, and um, I would listen to, um, you know, like. That some Christian programs would come on TV, and I'd be listening to this piano. And um, every time I went up to Big Grandma's, which was Dad, they had a piano. But I, I was just obsessed with it. Was and I used to, I said to Mum when I was little, I said I'll be happy if I have a horse and a piano. And I had neither at that <laughs> stage. I used to ride somebody else's horse and and just play. And then they eventually bought me a piano accordion. And I went ahead and leaps and bounds then. Um, and I used to play the boy across the road became a Christian at Billy Graham and he was played the clarinet and we used to play all around all the youth groups and everything you know like so that's when I started becoming known as a musician didn't I they used to call me up at camps and everything even if I had dirty feet remember that, I remember that. <laughs> oh <number>. dear <laughs> You is there something about band aids? Oh, of course. Tomato sauce. Yeah. Is that, is these, yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, oh, if I was given, say, a shilling in those days, yeah. was a lot of money. How much would a shilling be? Like a dollar, I suppose. But I would buy rather than buy something, I would buy a whole packet of band aids and put the whole lot over my knee, and then I'd hobble around. <laughs> I tell you, I was a weird child. <laughs> what, for sympathy? Or what, what was... I what, hmm? Maybe I wasn't getting enough attention. Not getting enough attention. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden I was healed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and always tomato sauce. Tomato sauce was on everything. I used to put tomato sauce on bread and butter. Hmm. <laughs> There's always tomato sauce in the house. So, so you you mentioned chocolate. Oh, mum, mum was a chocolate but, man. I mean, gr- growing up in their household, there was always chocolate. There was always one and a half blocks of chocolate because <laughs> you couldn't get you couldn't get down to one block of chocolate. You had to always have one and a half. So. <laughs> When you when when you finish when you finish that half, you had to go and get another one so that then you had two full blocks because you didn't want to get down to that desperate stage. So I'm a bit like that with everything, you know. I've always got to have because we live so far away from the shops too. um, But I've always got when I finish one up there, you know that I've got it down. I want it. Are you still doing that with the chocolate? A chocolate, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't see. No, 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 no. But I don't eat it as much as I used to. Yeah. I the licorice ones now. There was um, just as you mentioned black cats that weren't around when you were younger, but you, you used to fancy black cats. Mm-hmm. I still fancy black cats. <laughs> I used to go to the I shop used... and buy a whole big. You know, the shops used to get the boxes of. They used to sell them in the. They, yeah. That's where they used to issue the, yeah. Like yeah. the, yeah. the lollies. And I would buy the whole big box for Yeah, them, yeah. You know. But uh, I. It got to a stage where everybody was keeping track of me. 
so I'd go and buy one of those boxes from the shop at Mansfield. And then they'd just and then disappear. And i them. <laughs> we never knew where they went. Because, I mean, you used to stop there after school every day and buy a big box of them. <laughs> every day? <laughs> and then we never see them again. It's like, where are these going? <laughs> you know where they were going. <laughs> But you never ate them in front of us either. No, I didn't <laughs> share don't. them, did I? You didn't share them at all. Well, as it turns out, I like black cats too, but that's definitely not because you were sharing them with me. <laughs> that must be genetics, maybe. What about you, Dad? Your favourite things to do when you were younger? You may have mentioned well, some of it before. Because we're out bush, we used to always um, look forward to Saturday night, which was the movies. We used to go to the movies on a Saturday night. Um, we are in the local football team, my brother and I. We used to travel all over. Is that rugby league? Yeah, rugby league, yeah. And on a Saturday, and, uh, or on, on a Saturday or a Sunday, we used to do that. Uh, we used to love going to the cafe. They used to have the, you get a chocolate model milk, and they used to be a chocolate model milk in those days in a big container. In those lovely big... Oh, the big stainless steel ones. Yeah. Yeah. They still taste better in mold and everything else. And uh, that was our favourite, favourite things. And we'd go to the movies and then come back to the shop and have supper with the molten milk and sometimes a toasted sandwich, whatever. It all depends what we had. But um, being in a country town, there's not that many things to do. And then, you know, on a... Saturday night we'd be in the open air service on us doing that. So. See, we weren't, when I was growing up, you weren't allowed to wear makeup. Um, I remember, you know, even just when I first started work, they'd say, why don't you wear makeup? And I couldn't really, what do you say, my church doesn't believe in it? Or, you know, like. No. You, you well, don't believe it, you don't believe it. No. I didn't say that's what I said. No. I said, what do you, you know, like it's hard to answer. Um, you don't, we never went to the movies. I, I snuck out a few times. I went to see The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> How terrible is that? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, there's a witch in that. Mm, yeah, oh, dancing mm. and playing cards. Like even now, Dad likes playing cards. We n- never played cards um, because in their world it was associated with gambling or or something um yeah and as a child growing up you know like you don't appreciate christian parents sometimes when you're growing up yeah you know like because it seems well apparently you know like particularly then it was like a whole lot of things you couldn't do um you feel very ostracized um, especially in a small church where you haven't got a lot of Christian friends, you know. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned jobs. Well, before we get to jobs, was there anything about your schooling you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I went. I started school in Townsville when I was four, um, but they took me away. I mustn't. I didn't. Who my, took you away? My parents took me away. Oh, took you. Took <laughs> you out of school. I wasn't stolen generation. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay. they took me out because... Took you out of school. Yeah, because right, I must, yeah. must have been too immature or something. Okay. So that sounds school. early to start school, yeah, age four. Yeah, well, there's no, there was no preschool or anything like that then. Yeah. 
Um, so I did all my schooling at Sandgate, just across from where Wall passed away. You know that. Okay, down in down near the city, the, the yeah. city centre down there. And then uh, because there was no high school between Sandgate and Brisbane, I went up to used to catch a train up to Brisbane, walk all the way from Central Station. Um, down George, the end of George Street near the gardens there. That's where to get the, to high school. Yeah, that's Oops. where. I, so what high school was that? Commercial. All oh, right. Commercial State. I is it there the anymore? University now. All oh, right. No. I, I don't know. I've never heard of it. The yeah. Garden University, like down the end of George Street, right behind Parliament House. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know yeah, Parliament House. Yeah, QUT. Yeah, QUT. Yeah, okay. All right. So I did, and Rob went to. Um, it's down the end of that street, at the end of the gardens, it's a restaurant now, I think, in this beautiful old building. It used to be a naval building, I think. That's where industrial high school was. But when Wal was his turn to go, he went to Nudgee. There was a, they opened one at Nudgee. So, Dad, you talked about working pretty early in your life before. So how old were you? You said you got your first job was at the shop. When I left school, twelve. Twelve. So what? What was what was your what was jobs like for you? That was that. What what happened to you from there in terms of work? You know, obviously you didn't go back to school. So what did you? No. What were you doing? Well, I went working with dad. Oh, okay, yeah. And then I worked with him until he sold the bullock team. I was a bullock team driver. Used to work in the bullocks. So explain bullock. Explain the bullock team to today's generation. That that's pretty probably pretty foreign. Well, you'd have two bullocks side by side. So that's just a that's a bull, is it? Like that's a a it's, bullock is a is a well. He hasn't got the bag hanging on the back of him. They've been cut. So right. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's a male cow, is it? Male bull, but without bull. without. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's been castrated. Right. Okay. So made to work. Yeah. Okay. And you have different different ones, and you, for different purposes, you'd have leaders who would be up front, and then you have ones towards the back that are really big, heavy, heavy ones that had a lot of grunt in them. But they're all tied up. They're there to drag the timber out of the forest, are yeah, they? You, you, have, what you, you have a piece of timber between the two, which they call a yoke, and yeah. in that yoke they'd have piece of iron that went up through which they call bows and you put that underneath the bullock's neck and up through the holes in the yoke yeah and then you put a, a pin through it to stop it from coming down so they were and then you connected the first lot to the second lot by a chain that was hanging between the two and dad had a team of 18 uh oh, well eight, 14 mum's just gone and got a little timber version of this if you're ever at their place, you can That's it. you can have a you can have a look at that. Yeah, so. Right, so you drove so you drove this. So what? A, so you're on the back. You're on the back, being dragged along with the timber, are you? And no, 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 no. You walk beside. Oh, him. you walk beside them. Okay. With a whip and things like that. Yeah. Trying to make them go. Um, so you did that as an early teenager. Yep. Through uh, till when he gave it up, which until is when Dad gave the bullock up, and then we drove them through to we drove them through to the slaughter yards and uh, got rid of them that way. 
But you have all different ones. You'd, I mean, you'd be right at the back. You imagine if you had the bullocks, you'd be back probably about 20 feet behind them. And at your command, you'd get them to do whatever they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like if, they, if you wanted them to turn or, <coughs> or if they come to a bit of a corner, you'd just get up near where the, the main pull-up one is, which is normally the second last two. Mm-hmm. And, and you'd push them out so that they'd go around so the log wouldn't catch in the trees and things like that when they come around. Um, so that was mainly that. So I, you weren't doing the cutting of the trees, you are just... Well, after running. we got rid of the bullocks, Dad and I went cutting the trees, which chainsaw. Um, some, of the, some of the logs were so big, trees were so big, we used to have a six-foot, well, they used to call them a cross-cut saw, and two yeah. men got onto them and ripped. A six-foot wooden, you couldn't get through the middle of it, so you had to take a handle off of it and then just use it with one person and uh, get the tree down that way so so you know we, we did that for quite a few years and then after that um, dad timber contract ran out and he sort of retired anyway so um, I think he retired I'm not sure oh he sort of picked up odd jobs here and he there was working everywhere. for the council when I first knew him mm. It's spraying stuff. Yeah, that's right. So, so did you? You were driving trucks. I hear. Oh, that was later. A little bit later. later. Um, We used to. This is not too good for a for a Christian, is it? But I was driving these trucks. What's not too good? Well, I think it's what they what you had to do back in the day, isn't it? At night time, we used to drive on the main roads at night time because we were illegally carting Milo, which was sorghum, um, from straight direct from the farms to to the people who bought it. Um, what was illegal about that? Sorry? What was illegal about that? Well, you bypassed the, you bypassed the main sorghum board and everything else. But what had happened is that the supplier, which was farmers, they got a better price, and the guy who was buying it bought it cheaper than what, rather than going through the cow off or whatever, the cow off and the, and the grain board and things like that. I remember once the local fellow came, and I just got home and I had the truck parked inside where my sister and I had our unit. And he came knocking on the door, bang, 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 bang. And I was in the shower and I knew that he was there. So I had a bit of a long shower that day. And he said to my sister, is your brother home? No. Well, I've just been looking at his load on there. It's Milo, it's illegal. He's not allowed to do it. As soon as he drives that truck out of this yard, he said, I'm going to impound it. I'm going to impound his load and he'd have to go to jail. I said, oh. So my sister told me this, and I said, well, he'd have to be up pretty early in the morning to get me, and I know that he doesn't get up early in the morning. So I left at two o'clock in the morning as I went down past his place, I blew the horn. (laughs) 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 
can tell you. Do you want him to tell the story about his license? How he got his license? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were licensed at that stage, weren't you? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was, but. Because uh... I thought you were driving logging trucks too. You weren't driving oh, logging trucks. That was a little bit later on. When oh, I was it was a bit later. On. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. But. Um... Oh, just to get funny, funny little things that happened during. Mum wanted me to say about how I got my license. Yeah. It was straight ahead, really. I mean, <laughs> um, I went down and and uh, and the to the police s- station. Yeah, and the sergeant said, well, "What are you doing here, young Kerry?" I said, "I come to get my driver's license, Sarge." Yeah, it's about time too. I've seen you driving around. <laughs> so it got the constable to take me out for a test, see? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you had a test. And, and the, and Dad was there and he just bought a brand new car, a console, Ford console. And Dad said to the constable, whatever you do, he said, don't take him up any of these uh, muddy streets. He said, I've just got a brand new car. So anyway, the constable took notice of what he said and we took off and Turn, went up this road near the showgrounds and then he said, turn left. And I said, uh, that road's just been graded because we lived on the top corner. I said, and it's all muddy. No, I want you to go up there. So anyway, I turned and I said, see that there above that gate? I said, we'll just get to that point there and the car will sit there and spin. I said, we won't get any further because you know, I haven't got four-wheel drive or anything. It's just a straight. He said, no, you'll be right. You'd, you'd get up there all right. I said, okay. So I, I was going up the hill. And as I got to that point, my foot came a little bit across and touched the brake. So the car just stood there and spun. Right. So I looked at the constable and I said, I told you, that's it can't get any further. We're just sitting here spinning. He said, oh, okay, well, just reverse it back, reverse it back, and then they used to have a runoff drain to get the water off the main road. Mm. And he said, oh, spin it around here, we get into there. I said, no. He said, if I go in there, I said, we're only, we won't be able to come forward because the car would just stop. No, you're right, you didn't get it there. So I went around and uh, put it in, in forward gear to go had my foot on the brake at the same time and it just, the, the car just spun. I said, I told you, we can't get, we're bogged in this So you're tricking, the, you're tricking the policeman at this stage, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I said, now you have to get out and push. I said, there's only way we can get out. <coughs> so I waited till he got behind me, took my foot off the brake and splattered him from head to foot. You really didn't want your license, did you? <laughs> He didn't help him, did he? So I got back, we went straight back to the police station. He got out of the car. My dad and Sarge laughing their heads off. And Dad said, I told you not to. He'd been brought up driving in mud. He said, you know, you don't have to prove anything to him. Anyway, Sarge gave me that. I didn't know you did all that. I thought he just wrote it out for no, you. No, no, he gave, he gave me the licence. And then a little bit later on, I've been driving this truck around for a while. And I went in 
And I said, oh, what are you here for? I said, oh, I just want a truck license. He said, yeah, it's about time you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. He sat me down, wrote out the truck license. He said, what else do you want on here? <laughs> and I said, well, because we went to school with his daughter yeah. too. And there was four of us. Four of us really went to school together and real great mates. And uh, went to parties and everything together down there. Anyway, and I said, well, look, my brother-in-law's just got a motorcycle. Oh, you want a motorcycle, okay. <laughs> okay. What else? Well, I'm doing a little bit of tractor work too, you know, picking up firewood and so forth with a tra oh, tractor license, right? <laughs> We don't need them in New South Wales, but we didn't. <laughs> so, so anyway, he wrote all that out then. Anyway, that's by the way. Mm, that's cool. Mm. So, job-wise, job you were working in the shop. You were working in the Bullocks. What's the Bullock team? You were cutting... Cutting timber. Cutting timber yeah. with your dad. Then you were driving the sorghum. Wow. Well, we weren't it's illegal grain. Illegal grain. We used to go to these big farms out around Gainda and pick up the, the grain yep. and take them to um, different places. The biggest one we went to was the mayor, mayor in Bundaboo. So he was buying illegal grain. Yeah. The mayor, the mayor was. And the produce, <laughs> produce place in... in um, Nambour, just outside of Nambour, a little bit there. He would, would deliver a lot to him. Actually, they didn't tell me where to go, and I I worked out where he where he lived. So I drove out to his farm. But to get to his farmhouse, you had to cross this little bridge, and I thought, oh, because I need to turn load on this bridge. Got halfway across the bridge and went through the bridge. So the fellow, the farmer came down and said, oh yeah, he said, I've been meaning to fix that up. He said, you better stop the night. So so I went up and had a blanket. And he gave me a blanket and a pillow and I stopped the night in the barn. And uh, anyway, in the morning, she'd cooked breakfast for us and everything. And he came out and he said, oh, did you have, didn't have any trouble with the carpet snakes in the barn there last night? <laughs> what carpet snakes? He said, oh, the, quite a few carpet snakes in the barn. Nice. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Okay, coming anyway. We got the tractor and pulled it out, pulled us out. Shouldn't have even been there. It should have delivered it to his property, uh, to his, to his uh, factory on the main road. Anyway, so it. so after driving all that illegal grain, you were land logging, trucking, carting logs. No, I went working in the sawmill. Sawmill. Yeah. Cutting timber. Um, dad, dad was working in the sawmill, and then they wanted someone to go out into the yard to size the different timbers. Then um, I was working with another fellow by the name of Lenny Locke. And we were we were there, and Bill shoots, Bill shoots, Bill shoots, no shoots, Bill shoots was the guy who was doing all the tallying, and we would be stacking the timbers that come out of the mill, sizing it, you know, just by our hands. We got so good that we could just tell you the size of the timber, 
whether it was eight inch or four inch or six inch or mm. two inch or whatever it, it must is. Have, everything must have started out like that, like horses, you know, they'd yeah. call, they'd do it so by many hands. hands. So many hands, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, then we got really good at that. We were really doing a lot. And then Rolly, he was a contractor for the yard. Um, he, he, he also brought the timber into it and he came down one day and, uh, and he knew, they, oh, at that stage I was interested in going to Bible college. And, and so he came down one day and he said, oh, Alan, he said, uh, my truck driver just rolled a log onto his hand and he'd be out for four or five weeks with the damage. He said, would you, would you uh, drive the truck and go up? I know you've had a lot of experience with logs but you can drive the truck and go up and, and to the timber and, and bring the logs back. So I said, yeah, I'll do that. So he came with me on the first load and everything went well, went up to the thing. And on the way back, we had to come up this, this enormous big grade. And so we're going through all the gears and then to go from second into first, like the second was over here and you had to pull it right across, right across and then put it in the first. And when I did that, I didn't have enough revs and I graded the gears. So rather than try and force it in, I, I stopped, put it in the gear and took off again. See, I heard this voice behind me saying, good boy, good boy, good boy. He said, that's the way. He said, Really good driving. He said, you didn't crash that gearbox. You tried to get it. Good boy. Good on you. And I thought, after after that, I thought, oh, that's it. He won't get me to do any more. But he did. I'm driving then for four or five weeks just in the trucks. Got paid for a percentage of what I bought in and everything else, which was really good money. And uh, I remember going up the hill one day, actually, and the kids loved this. I was... I'd, gone up, loaded up, and I was on my way back down, and as I was coming back down, there was this big snake went right across the road in front of me. So I let the truck go a little bit faster and hit him with the front wheels, and then I watched in the rear vision mirror when the, the back wheels of the truck was over him. I put the brakes on and skidded on him, and then released them, and then I watched him, and when the timber jinker, which had the logs, the back one, the trailer went over him, I pulled the air brakes onto the trailer, but when I came back up for the next load, he wasn't there, he wasn't there. Completely he survived it. Yeah. He survived it. So that's, that's what sort of happened, but he was so big, he went right across the, the two lanes of road. And so what age, is, what age is this that you're driving this truck? Where are we up to in your life at the moment? Were you, are that we was in 18. 20, 18. 18 sorry. He was 19 when he went to Bible College. So right, all that's okay. happened before 19. Well, we're going we're gonna to get to that eventually. <laughs> uh, but another, another instance too, he, he came, Rody, came to us one day and he said, Oh, Leonard, Alan, uh, can you jump up in, in, in into the Jeep, the four-wheel drive Jeep, and go up and have a look at the roads and see if it's suitable after rain to see if it's suitable for the for the, the truck, the timber truck to go up? We said, oh, yeah, we'll do that, Rolly, no worries at all. So 
way we went, turn up and to go up this hill through the bush. And then all of a sudden we came face to face with a wet-bellied black snake standing on his tail in front of the car with his head over the top of the car with his mouth going backwards and forwards. And uh, I said to Lenny, um, do we need to go any further, mate? He said, no, I think we've probably gone far enough. <laughs> so put the <laughs> turn around and went back. And Rolly said, how was it? Oh, going off the road was all right, Rolly, but when you get up the hill, I think it's still a bit wet for the... Oh, good boy. Thanks, Rolly. Thanks, guys. That saves us a lot. Anyway, we were there one day working in the yard and his wife came down. Ah, oh, Alan, Lenny, can you come up to my place? There's a red-bellied black snake in my lounge room. So that's all right. We went up and... That's all right, it's all right, don't worry. Caught you, it and let it go. You just, keep, it. you just keep out. <laughs> anyway, Len went home on the way and got his 22. And so here we are going around the house looking for this red belt. With the gun, right? Yeah. Then all of a sudden I heard a bang! And Lenny saw it and shot it, killed it. Put a hole in the wall? And then, mm. I don't know what happened with the hole. <laughs> but anyway, and so a little bit later that... Rolly came down. Ah, oh, good boys, good boys. You did really good. Thank you very much. Look after my wife like that. Very good, very good, very good. You know, so we really got on well with him. <laughs> All right. So. He, said, he said to me one day, Alan, take the truck out and fill up the tank full of water and bring it back. I said, yeah, okay, and do that. So away I went in the truck filled up with water and coming back down, come around a corner, and because the tank didn't have baffles in it, all the water went one way, and the truck and I fight and pulling it back like so. Anyway, I got back to the yard and I said, you'd be some sort of a galah, wouldn't you? And he looked at me and I said, why? He said, you didn't tell me I, that the tank didn't have baffles in it. I said, I just about lost the whole lot back up on that corner near the grid. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Alan. No. Oh, that was my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so did you have any water left in it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was all right. It's just the, the whole weight of the water went when you went around that corner. and It's just uh, you can't control the truck. So was that your last job before going to Bible College? Um, Don't tell him your last job. <laughs> I... Um, I worked, Dad Dad knew that I was going to Bobbitt College, so he said, um, Alan, he said, are you looking for some quick money to go to Bobbitt College? I said, yes. He said, uh, well, this guy hasn't had a break in six years. He said, and he, he's got the opportunity to get away for having a couple of weeks holiday. He said, would you be willing to do it? So. It comes back to the old place of, you know, the old joke is what is red and speeds and has flies all over it. I don't, I don't know. So it was a local, <laughs> local fellow who, because we had toilets sanitary at the back. Van. Yes, uh, sanitary van. Yeah, yeah. Sanitary van. Yeah, yeah. So 
I did two, two or three weeks. It might have been three weeks, actually. Collecting all the sanitary they, stuff. They'd have oh. to come in and they'd have the, the clean one on their, on their shoulder yeah, yeah. and walk in, pick up the old one. Or oh, there'd the be sawdust. They'd the bring lid. sawdust in, yeah, wouldn't they? Put the lid on it. And then carry it out. And then carry it out on his shoulder. So a little bit, a little bit uh, different, probably compared to today's technology and everything else. And so that was the toilet one, and then it was a rubbish trunk, another (laughs) rubbish trunk, another. (laughs) Rob wasn't very impressed with that, my brother, was he? Well, the thing is that I made enough money to virtually pay for the first year of tuition in the Bible College. So. Yeah. So, coming to a, a Bible college is probably a turning point for both of you. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we'll so we won't we won't address that today. But maybe you just bring you up to that point because didn't you meet at Bible college? Is that where you met? Well, I think you'd you'd come down to Brisbane and you before Bible college started. And I was the youth leader at Sandgate. Right. I don't know how many kids were there. There weren't a lot, but... Oh, there's, um, quite a, there was a few. Yeah, I, I really put a lot into that. Okay. And I used to 20, play the accordion up the front. 20 and, to 30. And, and then, so are we getting to the point where you were about to meet? Yeah, and he comes down. At that stage, Bible college students would go out to different churches as their experience. All right, so Dad's a Bible college. No, 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 no. no. Right. I just come down a week before Bible college. Oh, just okay. before it started. Just about to start Bible college, gotcha. And um, so he comes down with, I don't know who you With one down. of the boys, Laurie Kay. Laurie, or, or oh, he, he'd been coming down to, um, to Sandgate. Yeah. yeah, so um, he, we met. I don't know if we officially met, did we? Did we officially no, meet? No, you, 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 you preached a sermon about um, Heckle and Jai, uh, uh, Jekyll and Hyde, that's right. Well, which, uh, which scripture is that in? <laughs> no, she was just bringing, bringing the it illustration. Was an illustration. <laughs> this was the illustration that she was bringing about the change of person, personalities and so forth. Yeah. And she was saying that, uh, and he used to go into his laboratory, mm-hmm. his laboratory, <laughs> All right, so you not, not laboratory, but into his laboratory, and he come produces. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's where we. And on the way home, we took you home, and I had that little Ford Prefect. I don't know. Was that was that the only one? Because I never had a car. No, you didn't. No, and Ellen it, used and to. Laurie, right? Laurie used to say, "Would you, you know, do you want to live home?" You yeah. said yes. Um. And Alan, the you know the boy that crossed the, the road from yeah. us, Alan's name. He used to drive us everywhere, drive me everywhere. And so, uh, when we got into the car, why on the window front it window out a little bit, feet, and the yeah. air the air was blowing through. I said, "Oh, is that too breezy? Do you don't mind?" No, no, I love the air. I love it. I thought, oh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> but anyway, the long story short, my version of it. Is she? Mama had a ports packed. That's my story. For to go to Canberra, mm-hmm. right? But when she met me, she said, "No, I'm going to Bible College." <laughs> <laughs> That's my version. So now, let her tell you. So you're volunteering as a youth leader. Oh yeah. And you're wor- and you're working at this oh, stage. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. So for the government. Yeah. Um, okay. 
Yeah, you so, want to know my... Yeah, so, just because just we, we'll probably wrap up the employment stuff, like cover the early jobs, and yeah. obviously we've got to get to um, your career and everything else, but... Yeah, well, I started... Uh, I went to commercial high school, yeah. you know, so that's uh, shorthand typing and yeah, okay, gotcha. and um, So mum, got, mum was sick about that time, and I, I had to leave just before junior. Um, anyway, I ended up... In those days, you would have to sit for an exam to go into the public service. And mum and dad, because mum had a thing, you know, like she... Um, dad came from, like, you know, like the hotel and well, all like that yeah. and would have been happy sleeping on the floor. Mum came from nothing, but, you know, she never really had a finished house or, mm. or anything like that. So she, And security, that was a big thing with her after the war. She said, you know, it was the people that was in government that were in government that still had their jobs. So she wanted me to get a job in the government because they couldn't put you off in those days. Mm -hmm. If you got married, which I did yet, but you had to leave. But so she wanted me to sit for this exam. So I sat for the exam and I got got in. And then sorry, when you when you got married, you had to leave. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Leave the gov. Leave the government. Leave the government. Yeah. When you got married. Yeah. Why? Because you're going to have a child soon, well, and they don't probably, do maternity yeah. leave or anything. It was different for men, but women. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, so the first, and they, then they'd send it in the mail, you know, like, and you'd get your mm. list of where you came, you know, yeah. like, and if you came first. I think I came first or second because I was really quick with the typing. And, yeah. Um, anyway, yes, the first job was with the post office, which was, it was in the street behind the post office now. Um, I worked in the engineering. Elizabeth Street? Yeah, mm. Elizabeth Street. Yeah, yeah, right next to St Stephen's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I got a transfer to... Uh, primary Industries, which was in the Commonwealth Government building right next to Anzac Square. Yeah. I was on the first floor and they sort of got big windows and the big window was here and I was sitting here and you could, you know, see down the park. It was great. I was there for quite a few years, I forget. And then I asked, I don't know why, I asked for a transfer to Customs House and I was there in that old building. Down by the river. Mm, yeah. yeah. Mm. So I was there. Got a picture in the paper. Yeah, got a picture in the paper with some contraband goods. Um, yes, and then um, it was. I think I left there to go to Bible College. No, you had you going to Canberra. You were going to Canberra. What were you yeah. going to Canberra for? Oh, because government. You know, a lot. lot oh, of, you were going. You were being transferred to yeah, work down there. Yeah, just going down there. You'd go down for six months or. Oh, right. Or, so we've heard Dad's version of why you didn't go to Canberra, but what what's your I version know, of I why you didn't go? I just felt that I, um, you know, I'd had a lot of, uh, you know, like a lot of the students were coming down. You yeah, know, like. Yeah. I don't know, it was after that, was it, that Andrew Evans and, I mean, Reg Clement came down at one stage. You know, so I had a lot of influence from, from that. They were always, they are always students who have been coming down for years and years and years, so I don't know. It must have been the Holy Spirit speaking to me or something. Mm. Well, um, and then I just... Go ahead. Yeah, I just decided to um, go to Bible College, which mum... Mum and Dad were, and Grandpa and Grandma, Grandma was fine, but Mum and Dad weren't 
And especially mum, mm. being, I, I know you being mum, insecure and... Your mum took me to task a lot of times. Yeah, they didn't, she changed her mind, they didn't like... A pushing, had no education. Yeah, um, but they, no they, they changed their mind. <laughs> Do you... Well, how couldn't it help? My personality, I mean, my... You're, um... Not wall, wall never. No, well, and Grandma, it was, a good it was uh, Robin, Mum, and Dad. Dad was fine. So we kind of got to a point where you guys have met. We just kind of landed there, where mm. you guys met. Yeah, at this, I, I guess. At this, uh, I guess when we went to college, it's not like we were no. friends or. No. Yeah, no, but you met. met. So you met at this you met. youth youth meeting, Jekyll and Hyde. Mm. Driving home in the in the car. We are probably a good place to stop for today. For lunch? Yeah, for lunch. Mum's made a... Wow, there's a meatloaf. It smells really nice. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. So, so why, don't we, why don't we just... Um, you know, we've kind of gone through a lot of story. You'll have opportunities to talk in, in future chats about, you know, if there's anything more you want to bring, you know, stuff that you haven't covered today on your family and that, because that's really just... It's a lot of years it's, to it's come a, in, It's huh? a lot, yeah. And, and look, you know, we've got time. We've got plenty of time. Yeah, we're only up to my 21st birthday. Oh, no, not... 19th. No. So, so what, what, why don't we... You know, every time I guess we get together, I, I want to, you know, just reflect on, I guess, the subjects that we talk about and, the you know, the things that come up and, and just leave, I guess, the family with a little bit of encouragement or a lesson or, or something like that. So, you know, if, you know, the things that have been discussed today, you know, is there, is there a little bit of a, I guess, a, a light that you'd like to share for the, for the rest of the I'd family? I'd like to say that um, there was something, there was something like, this is Sandgate, you know, like there wasn't a youth group there. This is what happened to the boys. Mm. Um, and yet I would get on a bus or a train and go all the way to Brisbane on a Saturday night just to go to youth group and then do reverse going back. It was just something in me, you know, like that. Um, I mean, I remember at different times at school, I was, a, I was very sheltered, I'll say that, you know, like I was very sheltered as a child. I didn't wasn't aware of a lot of things that were going on but when I look back now I realised what was going on and I had a choice at that time you know whether to do that or but I didn't you know like say so there was never God protected me you know like and and I believe too that the things that mum and dad had taught me you know like and and, and I'd sat in church Sunday school every Sunday we used to pick up kids, take them home, have church, mm. <laughs> then go down to the beach and have Sunday school. Dad was a great Sunday, you know, open air person in his white suit, mm. guitar. And we'd go through that, pack up and go up to Shawncliffe and do the same thing. So that was my life growing up. So, you know, like, um, I, what's wrong? Esther. Oh, yeah, so... God was protecting me through all of that so that I never did anything, you know, like that. 
I would be ashamed of for the rest of my life or mm. or, mm. or or anything. So um, yeah. And so then I was trying to get this youth, you know, like by myself. Although the as I said, the ones from the Bible College came down and um, yeah, and I was never like I had a lot of boy friends, mm. but I never ever went with any of them. They mm. wanted to, mm. but I was just I didn't want to go to anybody mm. any boy that wasn't want to kiss him or you know like I just didn't want to do all that stuff. Mm. Um, so Alan, I had a few. He was the first boyfriend that I had. Mm. We're going to spend a little bit more time on that a little bit later down the track. Mm. So, anything you'd like to kind of share? Just, no, to, just, just, just a matter. It doesn't matter. No matter what circumstances you find your way, and if you put God's first, He will He will just open doors and and direct you for the rest of your life. And uh, and you can be somebody by allowing God to have His way. Mm. Um, you know. I've sat in the sat in the, the leading in the office of the leading pastor in North in South Korea, Young E Cho. Um, could have been invited onto his platform if I had it wanted to, I didn't want to. Um, but to you be to be there at that time, you know, and always That's not important. It's not important to be to have that, but no matter who you are or what sort of an education you are, you can make something I can, for the I better I remember for feeling world. very different, you know, mm. like, because you brought up in a... And probably it was more then than, you know, more obvious then than it is now. Um, you know, like, I just felt so different. My home was very different to everybody else's. Mm. Um, and I, you know, like down at the Sunday school, Dad would get me to get, you know, up and sing and and the kids were in, because it was like the Gold Coast then, Sandgate. Mm. They were all there, you know, like, and then they'd say, oh, I saw you. Mm. So, you know, like, it's just really a process of, you, you know, like God preserving you through those mm. years where, you know, like you haven't really developed really strongly in your Christian faith yeah but but there's something the Holy Spirit's keeping you and um, oh bless you thanks son for that's doing great. this for us it brings back a lot of memories and well it's great I'm learning memories. I'm actually learning a lot and obviously helps us to remember it by recording it and well that's the end of episode two and hope you enjoyed it Right about now, Mama's meatloaf that she had in the oven was smelling pretty good, so we sat down and enjoyed a wonderful lunch. Join us next time. Once again, we're going to take off from here. We're going to start to explore a little bit more about what happens after they met at that youth group. And, well, we'll see where it happens. So join us next time. Thank you.